0: Hey, this is Rocas Gustiz.
1: At the right block, dribble with the left hand. Now the Skyhook misses on the putback, and it's good. Gustiz has his very first career double double. Rocas Gustiz with yet another double double. 17 points, 16 rebounds. We dribble our way into the second quarter, and it's time to come across the pond to America to play basketball for the Oak Hill Warriors. Dan Savarino with you in the life of Rokas Goosties, at least in the last six years. As in that first quarter, we spoke so much about the life in Lithuania, growing up with his family, and the love of basketball. Rock, a basketball can take you pretty much anywhere. That's what we have learned, at least with that first quarter. Six foot nine Lithuanian. I know you love hearing how much about it, your height. and This is something, before we get started with the second quarter, I think it's so annoying, by the way. When people come up to you and have to always make mention of your height, it annoys me. I don't know how you deal with it.
0: The best way to deal is just ignore it. So that's what I pretty much do it.
1: Or you turn around and stare at them when they start <laughs> laughing <laughs> or and I then just like, run. Or I <laughs>
0: just like, uh, do you have a problem
1: with it? <laughs> Which people don't understand. You're like the biggest softie I've ever met. But.
0: Uh, yeah, the biggest teddy bear. You know, People yeah. call me a big, friendly giant, but I don't agree with that. Besides, I'm a giant, but not, not friendly. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, especially when people like, hey, how tall are you? Like, literally yelled that across the street. And, like, I was, like, always thinking, like, do you really want to know that bad? Did you have to literally take a half a minute of your life just figuring out how tall I was? But it's nice. You know, I love the attention, especially with the female side asking me that. I oh, of course always, I'll always yeah, take my yeah, time uh, to answer that of question. Of course you do, yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to be nice and friendly, you know. And uh, yeah, that, that's being why. Positive. Be, be, <laughs> nice and, be nice and friendly.
1: But Which people don't realize is actually your freshman year when we would travel with the team together. Obviously, you know, I'm the guy who looks the opposite of everyone else. We all know the 6'9 guys and, you know, the really tall players look like basketball players. And I had someone come up to me and say, oh, where you guys play? I go, oh, uh, I'm the starting point guard at Hofstra, at Hofstra University. And they stared at me and said, okay. I'm like, all right, that's a little offensive yeah, to me. That may, I, mean, I yeah. mean, I'm not a good basketball player at all, but that's a little offensive. That's like walking up to you and saying, oh, you're assuming that automatically you play basketball just because you're tall.
0: Yeah, and I always tell them, like, no, I play underwater chess. And they're, like, looking <laughs> they're, like, underwater what? And I was like, underwater, underwater chess. And they're like, oh, how do you do that? And I was like, just go underwater, take the chess board with you, and just play underwater chess with someone. You know, got to find a partner. And they're like, wow, I never thought about it. And I was like, yeah, you should, you know, try. It's not like, you know. Don't try the home thing, but if you have a pool and, un- and then chess, try underwater chess. My God!
1: <laughs> well, one thing I know, he cannot play golf. Already broke my five wood, and <laughs> that's a story for a different day. All right, so we head to the second quarter, Rocus, and you know now you're coming over to the United States. You're playing for a program under a Hall of Fame coach in Steve Smith, who has coached. Jerry Stackhouse, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Kevin Durant for a short period of time, Rajon Rondo. I mean, there are so many elite players who have gone on to have not just professional careers, and those are just the players who have gone on that are household names. Then there's dozens and dozens more who played at a high-level Division I, played professionally overseas, and you're the guy who he decides he wants to bring over only because you played against him when you were over in China?
0: Uh, it's still, it still kind of hits me hard that I had a chance to play for one of the best, what if not the best, high school coach there is and come over to the United States and play for a team like Oak Hill Academy. It's, it's a dream come true. you know. Like I said in the, in the quarter one, I never thought I would do. And how it happened was I played against him three games. I did okay, I think, and I was like, I'll I'll shoot my shot. You know, I'll go to email. I'll go to a website. I'll email them and say, like, hey, this is me. I played against you. I'll add the picture with me, send it to them, and say, like, I would love to come to United States and play basketball. And you know what? A couple days later, they responded to me and saying, we know who you are. We liked your game. You did well. We might find your scholarship to come over and, you know, succeed. In our program and i was i couldn't believe it i was so happy i wish my mom could like add to this because she she knows how happy it was how like i literally was jumping up and down and saying wow okula academy just responded me and the coach actually liked me and knows who i am so a couple days later a head coach gives me a call and you know like i said before my english wasn't great but but the broken english a lot of a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. I pick up the phone and I say, yes, this is me. And he was just very joking around now. He says that he just wanted to see how bad my English was when he called <laughs> me. But so we talked for months and months and months because when I went to China was, I don't really remember, can't recall, maybe February. And then we just keep going back and forth about all the situation, the scholarship and, and money situation, visa stuff. Because, you know, for international student, you got to have to get a visa and go get all the paperwork, passport stamps in, and stuff like that. So I'm really excited. And at the same time, I'm kind of worried, what if I don't get visa? What if that? What is that? So the process, how you get a visa in Lithuania, you have to go to the console and literally apply for for visa with the paperwork and go there. And you can't just say, I'm going to go play basketball. you got to have to say that you're also going to do academics and my English is not that good so I'm worried about what if I say something wrong what do they think like I'm a bad person and want to let me in in the country so but going that through that process definitely definitely got me excited and I didn't know I'm gonna get visa until the last last minute so it was under 18 championship in Lithuania we're playing and we're practicing we have days off, during days off, I go to the place, I give my interview and I, I hope that, you know, I'm gonna get a visa and people asking me like, hey, Rock, what are you gonna do? Like, you finish your your basketball academy, like what's next? And had offers to play professionally, you know, like uh, agents coming to me and saying like, hey, we can find your team, we can get you money, you know, like we can start you being a professional player. And I was like thinking all the time, I was like, I don't think that's what I want to do, but it was also hard to keep the secret from my teammates, from my friends besides my family and my brother really didn't know anyone what's going on like what's my goals are what's my intentions what I'm gonna do but people keep asking me and bothering me and it was really hard to keep the secret from it but as soon as I got that call that my visa was approved and I'm going to America I was really happy and you know I just finished everything I had to finish at home packed my stuff back one bag no English and I took over I sit in the plane on my birthday, August 22nd. I'm ready to go. I'm very excited. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to speak English. Nothing. It was just, you know, I just had a passport in my hand, a couple clothes, and I was like, I'm going, you know, I'm taking a journey. So basically my, my basketball and all my life has been a journey since since I left home six years ago, and I'm really happy that I took that path and I rejected all the professional offers and other 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 teams who wanted to sign me at that young age I thought I wasn't ready I thought there's something more I can do besides just play basketball and just do what everybody else do and you know I wanted to do it my way I wanted to do what no one else does it you know so basically didn't ask anyone to help me didn't ask anyone to give me money didn't ask anything to do it was basically all my brother and my 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 parents at that moment who actually supported me not just money-wise but and and mentally you know like knowing how hard the path is going to be they were always with me and i cannot say thanks enough for my brother who who bought me flights and gave me some money to go to school because coming from there you know like it's not that easy so having an older brother 11 years older brother who's supporting himself and supporting his family and be able to support me Mm -hmm. at 18 years old was a huge key and he's just appreciate, I'm so appreciative now, and everywhere I'm going to go from here is always going to be in my mind that, hey, if not my brother, not my mother, or my dad, I would never be where I am now. So I feel like I have a lot of to accomplish to literally just showing them how much I appreciate what they did for me and what they sacrificed for me to, to be where I am right now. So pretty crazy story how I got to Oak Hill, but now was literally leaving home and Leaving my family and leaving my brother, but the the toughest part was when I landed in the United States and you know going through customs and not speaking English and <laughs> looking at my passport like i'm 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 someone from another you know continent or something like this, and, like and I was from and I was yeah, but the funny what words did you know uh hello <laughs> that's it no, I mean, I knew some words like. I watch like shows and stuff like this and movies on what
1: the- shows were are over in Lithuania. I know you uh, said things usually come a little later.
0: Yeah, five eight, five years later. <laughs> if <laughs> be exact. But um I think I watch a lot of Modern Family, that thing Okay. That uh, thing you, uh,
1: you can learn a lot from there.
0: Uh, yeah, but I feel like you can learn a lot of things you shouldn't see in public too. Uh, and, you know. Yes,
1: out. that that's there are some episodes, oh, but so, you, that is good family fun, though. It's yeah, it was, it was it's great, a family you know? show. It's not like you watching Scarface or no, The no, Godfather no, no. I, or something, and that's where you learn all your English. I, from.
0: I, I just started watching Godfather recently, so <laughs> long movie but great, it great that. Really but going back to that, like, So On land and people, like you know, people don't know much about America before you actually come and experience it yourself. People just like think that the things are the things they are. You know, like even going through customs, like oh, you sh- you shouldn't be like doing this stuff or you know paying attention you got to you got to be make sure you go through customs and stuff like this I said you know coming from another country and another continent you know and you like kind of stresses you out so when i get off the plane i was like okay where am i going now like someone's going to have to pick me up you know like i don't know where to go this airport is huge charlotte A- international airport is huge so basically, like, going down and trying to get my luggage, so clueless, you know, like, just yeah, what. Walk- there aren't really
1: translations on the board in Lithuanian.
0: It's generally <laughs> Not English. Not anymore, yes. Well, <laughs> English, Spanish, maybe French. No, everything was pretty much English, so I was like, okay. I'm a tough kid. I'm going to figure out, you know, it's like n- what worst can happen besides like, I could get arrested and like sent to some room and get the extra checking that you wouldn't want to have, you know. That's the, the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the worst. Is that happen.
1: really what goes through your mind? That's or?
0: pretty much just like thinking like what could happen, like where I'm going to go. What if they don't come pick me up? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you have that eight hour flight and, you know, if you cannot fall asleep because it's kind of like excitement and it's kind of it's Christmas get, morning. I don't say it's Christmas morning because Absolutely. on Christmas morning I don't have to you know use the bathroom that often. So <laughs> I feel like it's just anxiety kicks kicks in. And mm-hmm. so funny part, right? I go downstairs, look for my my, my luggage. It was I don't know August twenty fifth or or some around that time, and I see one of the most famous Lithuanian basketball player, Darius Sangaila, who played uh, at Washington Wizards. He played a bunch of different. And I think he had a house in Charlotte because he played a Wake Forest. So I go to him and I was like, wow, what a relief. Like, and I, Of course, I'm speaking Lithuanian, you know, I'm not speaking in English uh-huh. for him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go ask like where I'm going to go through customs and show my passport and stuff like this. And he just looks like, I'm like, what are you talking about, kid? And I was like, you know, like I got to show that, you know, like I'm legally here, you know, like I'm not like escaping something or something. <laughs> and he was like, no, you got, you go through customs back home. And I was like, wow. No one told me that. <laughs> so.
1: But was he friendly enough to you where just because you spoke Lithuanian that you're not just a, a super fan I or mean, something?
0: N- yeah, I mean, yeah, because I spoke Lithuanian. I was kind of like, he got shook a little bit because he was like, wow, he's speaking Lithuanian and he's in America and he was like some kid, you know, who was trying to like communicate with me because I'm, you know, at that moment he was playing NBA. So. You know he was a big shot.
1: And did you tell him who you were gonna go play for, or that you played no, basketball? No,
0: I I don't really remember that like detailed conversation. But I think it's still funny. Like if I ever meet him, I'll gonna remind him and see what he says if he remind, rem- remembers it. But I really d- highly doubt it. But that that's what like first time landing in the United States and seeing a Lithuanian face. That's all like will help you, but. He didn't do much besides saying, "Like, don't worry about it. You're fine." And then he went to get his bags and leave the airport ASAP. So, <laughs> so besides that, you know, I find everything. You know, I find the the assistant
1: coach who comes pick me up with the van, and you know, we take a we, we take a trip. Now, where they are based, and we actually did this when we go into Appalachian State. It's a long bus ride, on a hill, mountain, whatever you want to call it, of course, through the apps uh, and. It's, It's, you know, a little scary at points driving up there. Was that what you ever expected of America?
0: I mean, the big road we got on as soon as we leave the airport was like, wow, that's like in a movie. You know, we're in big man. We're on a big road. We see, like, gas stations on the side. We see places like Bojangles on you know what that is. You love so your Bojangles. I love my Bojangles. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we stop and eat. That's where my first experience of Mojang. That was your food. first
1: American food, Bojangles. So that's
0: like probably still the best food. Like if I were around Bojangles, count on me that I'm getting it. Those boberry biscuits. <laughs> but yeah, no big cars. It's crazy. Gas cheap, you know, like it's unbelievable. For me was it. It was a shocker. I was like, wow, I'm really in America right now. What's next? So next was a two-hour drive, three-mountain climb, and we end up being at Oak Hill where there's no service, no GPS, no phones, because as soon as you get that, uh, get out of the van, they taking in your phone, they take taking your computer, they've taken everything. It's a boarding school, you know. It's, it's a school that P- parents d- usually send the kids to, you know, learn from their mistakes, except, you know, basketball players like we were, you know we were there for playing basketball, get a scholarship to go to attend the uh, universities, and you know get get better and hopefully have have a professional career. So it was a different path from even other 140 students, you know, who was there.
1: How familiar were you with not just the Oak Hill program, but the guys who came out of it, the alumni base from that school?
0: Oh, I was very fam- familiar because, like, I don't think you would know, but we have internet back in Lithuania. Okay, I know you do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wikipedia is pretty big there, <laughs> so so definitely did some research, knew what players went. Even before that, when I saw them like geared up in Jordan, I was like, okay, this is like legit. This is a really good team. This is gonna have some good players, you know. And I did research. And I was like, wow, I'm like impressed, and I wish I could play there, you know. It's just like still a dream come true for me, you know. And it's it's still hard to believe that I actually went there for two years and I actually have a great contact with some NBA players and have some relationship and I can call them my family right now is just unbelievable and really grateful for opportunity and learning English was easier there but probably anywhere else because people were so friendly people were so like family based it was 140 ish people there so I feel like everyone knew each other uh, teachers will try to help you eating on campus so we're basically always around the same people and
1: you know just like a family base so year one you're playing with guys who two of them or NBA players. And Darius Thornwell is one. Troy Williams another. Nate Britt's playing professionally. He played at UNC. There's Just a couple of names there. Um, the Martin twins are future, you know, professional basketball players. You know, at, at some time. But was the competition as tough as you ever expected it to be?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Competition was great, and uh, just being there, you know, going in the gym and seeing. Carmela Anthony Jersey hanging or on a wall having all Americans over 30 plus all Americans just hanging there and I was like wow these guys l- literally were here where I'm right now and it was it was crazy you know I didn't post any pictures I didn't post any tweets I didn't even have Twitter at that time I think I didn't even have anything to be honest like besides Facebook I was that's about it and I couldn't even like take pictures or anything like that because phones were taken everything was was taken so you couldn't even like tell your your friends that, hey, I'm at Oak Hill Academy. So so basically I just didn't show up at school in Lithuania and uh, people didn't know where I was. So my mom had to call in and tell them like, hey, he's quitting school in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. So so that was kind of crazy because everybody thought I'm going to come back and I just chose not to and went to United States and no one knew about it because I was so far away with no communication tools.
1: And basically no English either. <laughs>
0: Pretty much no English, Who yet. taught
1: you? You know your first words when you're going into class now and you have to write things in english you have to uh, read things
0: in english usually pictures will help me a lot but like i said it was like a family base so people really didn't judge you like like they will do in new york you know <laughs> in, uh, in virginia and south people are so nice so friendly so willing to help you know and they all know that you're international they all know that you need some help you know and they're so nice and kind about it so that like was really like a motivation i was like okay i can work with this you know like stay positive be friendly be you know just just work around this and that really helped a lot and asking questions i always ask a lot of questions even you know and basketball only have one language put the basket in the ball in the hoop and play some defense that that wasn't that wasn't hard yeah terms was hard but i knew those terms from from the past but Best wasn't the hardest part about it, is the problem of language and academics and learning, you know, different, different concepts in English was the hardest part. But it took me like a, a month or two months, and I was pretty good, and it was keep getting better, and I feel like I'm still improving in some things and some sayings and some, some quotes and words. I feel like, you know, it's still a lot up to improve, and I'm really happy that I had a chance to learn this
1: language and kind of be an expert. Two years over there. What did you miss more? Lithuanian food that your mom cooked, or any TV shows back home?
0: Uh my mom wasn't a big cook. Like she would cook and feed me and stuff like this. My dad was the big one who always will do stuff like this. But what I missed the most, probably was Lithuanian food. Definitely, Lithuanian sweets are amazing. And
1: uh, <laughs> you wouldn't eat sweets. That, I, I honestly, it's the common
0: theme. I know the it's, it's it's unbelievable. If I I can literally eat sweets for. Breakfast, dinner, and lunch. You How many know. cavities do you have now? Oh, I have none right now. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, hope I don't. I got to check it out when I go know. home. But I'll, the only thing I'll miss is just, like, the friends I grew up with, the places I used to uh, we used to go, and, you know, just, I don't know, like, basketball and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't much to miss. It's just because I'm always, like, the, the kind of person who wants to improve myself. So I'll just keep moving forward. Like, I'm not going to, like, sleep on the things that happened before even till now, even what happened in college or Oak Hill or, you know, Lithuanian national team, youth national team, you know, I'm not going to sleep on it. I'm not going to brag about it till I die because, you know, everything has the beginning and ending. So
1: I feel like this is past me, you know, it's great memories, but nothing to brag about. And you weren't really even the starter on that team, you know, throughout your first year. But your second year, you started and played a lot more, but kind of flew into the radar compared to some of the other prospects on that court. You know, you were a three-star recruit by many, uh, you know, Nobody really blew away but you had the offers eventually. Was it frustrating that things just didn't weren't thrown at you right away, but or was it a, you know, a learning experience for you to just keep getting better and figure things would kind of work out?
0: Oh, definitely a learning, Oh, huge learning experience, you know, like just being there and just being able to play with the players who was going to go to NC State, who's going to go to South Carolina, Indiana, you know, seeing the coaches, seeing Calipari, seeing Coach K from Duke, seeing Roy Williams from North Carolina being in the gym and watching us playing pickup which mm-hmm. was just unbelievable. At that moment, I really cared because I didn't know much about NCAA or like you knew the schools, North Carolina or Duke. Or so you
1: were thinking it more now of who these guys are that were actually sitting there watching you than exactly what it was at, the at, time. at that
0: moment I was like, okay, they're like good coaches, great schools, and stuff like that. But I wasn't like, oh, let me like show myself that you know, like I want to play for them. It was like me just trying to get better get something new skills in me get more more competitive play hard in those summer pre pre preseason workouts and it was really hard it was we had to run the oak hill mile that it's going down the hill and going back up the hill you know it's timing and it was tough and kind of learning a new new experience in the weight room with our coach and you know everything is, was new you know from place to to Two times, two miles, two drills. Everything was new for me and everything was very different. And I didn't really, really know the culture was there. What was it? And I didn't even know what to expect when I go to a cafeteria. I don't know what's going to have there, probably the things I've never seen in my life, you know, even cereals or I don't know. What did you first eat? I can't remember, but. It comes
1: down to food all the time. What did you first eat uh, in the cafeteria that you actually liked? I mean,. Probably
0: grilled cheese, to be
1: honest. It was right, just simple like, enough.
0: yeah. I mean, we had grilled cheese in Lithuania, yeah. but our
1: fried cheese—you could have fried cheese anytime, you know.
0: That. Yeah. So um our head coach, Y, was a great cook. So she will make buffalo dip, chicken buffalo dip. You know, that'll be awesome. Or some brownie. So probably the best thing that first I ate was brownie. Of course, it sweet. I have never had brownie before in my life so i was like hmm let me try this out and i really loved it you know and the way she, she was she will cook it you know it'd be unbelievable so of course it got to be
1: sweet like you said <laughs> something that you've learned from coach smith if there's one thing that you took away the most whether it's a life lesson um a playing lesson uh playing perspective just what would be the one thing that you can basically summarize that you learned the most from coach steve smith
0: everything give you everything you got no matter who you are no matter how good you are, you just give everything you got. You leave it on the floor and, you know, don't look behind. You know, it just, it just work. you know. I worked the camp this past summer, and seeing him talking to the kids at the camp is just unbelievable because the kids don't realize how big time he is, you know, and how how well-known he is. Like, even schools like Duke or North Carolina call him and ask him and, like, talk to him to help them to get the player or recruit, you know, like, because that's how – bigger role he has and his future hall of famer you know what he can say about it so it's just funny to see how kids don't understand that yet but maybe five years from now when they're like 21 26 stuff like that they will be like okay i was at this camp the guy like the like co smith talked to me i should have listened you know but I learned a lot from him, you know. It's just, like, hard to, like, recall it right now. But just the way, like, he's a figure for everybody, you know. Like, he will take you and he'll take care of you. It doesn't matter if you're Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, or Rajon Ron or anything like that. He's not going to have his favors, you know. He's going to treat you like he will treat everybody else the same way, you know. And that's what probably the best thing about him. He's not going to – I always put pressure on myself because I'm just that type of person. I was like, okay, I'm not Kevin Durant not Carmelo Anthony. Like, I want to, you know, like, do better. But they will just look at you the same way they will look at anybody else. But myself as a person is always wants to show that I can be the, whole, the person I want to be, you know, like be better and be a better basketball player. But they don't care. They just think, treat everyone the same way. And that's the best part about them. And that's why I'm happy to be able to go back there and just feel the same way. Like uh, I felt the first day I get there.
1: Was there one trip or maybe a couple of games, a game that, you know, you remember or love the most during your time? No kill.
0: Funny thing is, they travel literally like a college team. So we play forty, forty-five games a, a year, and you traveling schedule is crazy. You play twenty games at home, twenty-five games away. Go places like Hawaii. You go places like Phoenix. You go places like Vegas. For me, traveling was the best part about it. Getting out of school. Of course, the the trip to the airport was miserable for two hours, but. But besides that, the experience of traveling because I didn't even really tra- travel that much in Lithuania before I leave. So tra- having a chance to travel in America was like wow! Like I'm living like a like I don't know a a, a great basketball player who's you know deserves it all. And uh, we went to great great tournaments. We, I remember Marshall County in Kentucky it was a great tournament. Uh, we had a lot of fun there. We went to Memphis. We went to Vegas, Phoenix. But home games always was fun. It's a small, I would say, 500-people gym. It's always packed. People literally stand in line to get in the game. So home games was always fun. Playing against a guy named Tom Maker at home, which was my senior year, was pretty crazy because Coach Smith haven't lost a game there in, like, 25-plus years. So you don't want to lose at home and be that, that team who lost at home after that long time. So game goes down to literally last minute, the game is tied up. Our point guard makes free throws. Their point guard takes the ball in, goes up. I block the shot. we we'll win the game. So that's probably the most memorable g- game uh, I can recall to you know, be able to not lose the game at home because you shouldn't lose a home game because the, the teams that come to play us at home we usually are not national powerhouses. But when we go on the road, we usually play teams like... Jabari Parker's team, who played for Simeon, we played for Jaleel, against Jalil Okafor, Clev Alexander, a bunch of others, you know. So I feel like home games you shouldn't be losing, and no one wants no one wants to see you lose at home.
1: So a lot of your teammates were already being recruited, scouted from the time they were underclassmen. They were being looked at for a long time. Your process came a little bit later. What was that recruiting process for you to play? at an institution, Division One uh, in the United States. You know, like, the recruiting process
0: usually happens in the summer, and I missed that part, and then all of a sudden, I, I decided to do two years at Oak Hill, junior and senior year. So between my junior and senior year that summer, I decided to play as, uh, AU basketball with one of the teams in Virginia. So I, I just. Play for a couple of sessions but my goal was going back home and play for a national team under under 19 and go to the world championship so i was like okay that's gonna hurt my stocks and uh I'm, i know i'm gonna lose some offers but i'm gonna do it because i love playing for home team i love playing for world championship and i'm gonna be able to win a championship uh, a, a, a medal you know so I kind of sacrificed that. Then I go home. I did all well. I go back to Oak Hill and the offer starts kicking in, you know, like some schools coming in, some high majors. All of a sudden I end up having 20, 20 plus offers, you know, from mid-majors and high majors and different bunch of places, you know. So I was I decided to sign late. I decided to commit late and take all my five visits to get out of school to, to trial because, like, you know, I love traveling and doing spontaneous things so i miss my prom i go to place i miss something else i go to place. so i, I scheduled five visits i scheduled my first visit to go to rhode island and see how is rhode island you know atlantic 10 that's all be great so i go there they push me to sign early and i decided not to so they the offer kind of out of the window then i go to a place called san jose state in san, close to san francisco just to try it out the west coast you know and just see what it is like and really wasn't my, my thing so I decided not to go there either then i go next i go to university of alabama at birmingham i really like the school really like the coaching staff really like everything decided to kind of pay my dues to my mother and bring her on a visit to visit with me and you know my english is still not great at that moment. And when I have to right. tr- translate from a mother and myself, it was kind of hard. So that was kind of, doesn't go too, too well. Did
1: that ever get you nervous that you would accidentally sign or say, I'm in? No, 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 no. I know what I was saying. Like
0: <laughs> I was very sure about not saying anything <laughs> inappropriate or stupid because, you know, it's like you're making a decision for four years. I never made a decision on right. a one or two years. I always make a decision long term. So you don't want to make yourself look bad. So that... UAB uh, visit goes well. My mom's flies home. I, I'm I'm thinking. Okay, I have two more visits, right? So I decided to go to New Orleans. You know, like all the the nice places, right? Think about it. San Francisco, you know, Alabama university of tulane in new orleans you know like you got to go to bourbon street and see what the action goes there you know it's just you know i was always thinking what's next you know one was it after one you know like literally deciding day by day so i go to new orleans i really like tulane i go to the zoo with the head coach which was pretty cool A kind of different experience and to go to the zoo to go to the zoo uh, and a different
1: recording thing and oh, it was like you 90 been to a zoo before it was
0: like 90, <laughs> 90 plus. I've been to the zoo when I was three years old, and I was really crazy when I was three. I'm sure people seen pictures on my Instagram dancing on a table, if you know what I'm talking yeah, about. By the
1: way, his Instagram is at Rokas Goosties. Twitter is Goosties Rokas. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's your plug. Thanks.
0: So, th- uh, so my Tulane visit went well. Uh, I really enjoyed New Orleans. I thought it was a really nice place and really hot. <laughs> so I'm sitting down. Talking to my coaches, talking to my friends, like, hey, like, okay, I did four visits. What's next? And, of course, Boston College comes in, right? My last fifth visit. We talk, we talk. And they say, like, yeah, you will be a great fit. You'll play in ACC. You know, you'll be seen and playing on national TV a lot. And we decide, okay, we're going to make this happen. We're going to schedule a visit. So, the, literally, a couple of days before the weekend comes from a visit, I get a call that all the coaches got released from their job. So that means all my tickets, all my bookings are canceled. And that means I still have one more visit. You know, other teams are pushing me to decide and say, hey, what are you going to do, where you're going to go, and stuff like that. And all of, sudden, it's, all of a sudden, this cool name, Hofstra University, comes in the picture. Coach Shane Nichols calls me and recruits me and says, please give us a chance. Please come to visit, see what it's like, see New York City. Maybe you will like it. Bring your mom. Hofstra University. I didn't know what to expect.
1: The decision that ended up changing your life for the next four years. From Virginia to the Big Apple. That'll wrap it up here in quarter number two. In our next episode, quarter three, we'll go through the journey that was on Hempstead Turnpike at Hofstra University. Four years, finishing as the all-time leading rebounder and more than a 1,000 points through the hoop. Big thanks to Rokas Kustis. Well, this is his show after all. I'm Dan Savarino. We will catch you in the third quarter. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Austria University, Oak Hill Academy, or the employers of Rokas Kustis and Dan Savarino.